And welcome to this week's edition of High Flyers, where we talk about the players who don't get talked about. My name is Kaden Angie, and I'm your host. And let's get started. So, everyone, uh, like I mentioned before, this is the first week in which we're going to jump right into the NBA season. Last week, the week before, we were kind of we were preparing for the season, and now... We're going to act like the season just began, right? So going back, we have our high flyers for this year. Um, I put them in the podcast, the last two podcasts. Um, follow high flyers pod on Instagram, and you'll see an image of all the players there when I get a chance to put them on, which should be soon. And let's start off this week, actually. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start off with a little bit of an agenda. Um, just so we can keep track of time. So, first off, let's start off with the week one and week two high flyer player of the week. Okay? And so, this is after every single week, I'll look at some of the players that we have um, in our high flyers draft class, and we'll see which ones of them improve the most from what they're performing at last year. Or how they're playing with their team, if they're seeing an increase in their role, which players have had the biggest impact on their teams. And so I'm going to do week one and week two, so we're going to start off with that. And then we're going to hop into that rookie thing that I told you guys about like almost years ago, it feels like. Um, where I'm going to be ranking all the top rookies in this year's draft class. So from 1 to 30, I'm going to be going... I'm actually not going to rank them. I'm going to talk about them in like a kind of preseason point of view. Um, and so this was actually previously recorded prior to the start of the season in order to avoid any like change in bias. Like for example, in my thing I said, oh, Ben Chero might be okay. But now I'm saying like Ben Chero might be one of the most underrated first round picks of all time, Right. And so then after that rookie ranking, which is going to take about 15 minutes, maybe 30 seconds per player type of thing, I'm going to jump into NBA news. And then we're just going to have a nice old chat about what's been going on so far. Some just in the first two weeks, what's been going on, some news, some my opinions on things. And and yeah, that, that should be our whole podcast today. So, without further ado, let's hop into our first point, which was the High Flyer Player of the Week for Week 1. And we're going to have one for each conference. So, for Week 1, and the High Flyer Player of the Week for the Western Conference is... Lowry Markinen. Lowry Markinen had a great start to the season with... The Utah Jazz team, the Utah Jazz team, which really exceeded all of our expectations. I didn't expect them to be very good. 
Um, I expect them to tank for Wembenyana, but right now they're at, I believe, an 8-3 and three record. And that is a lot better than I expected. And it's it's a lot due to their volume three-point shooting. Um, Hardy is their coach. He's a, he's a pretty good coach. Came from the Celtics. And I don't know. Like right now, they're looking like a really fun team to watch. Just taking lots of threes. And at the heart of that team is Lowry Markkinen, who's kind of their top scorer. He's hitting so many threes, shooting above 50% um, from the field. And he just looks great out there. Um, a lot better than he did in Chicago. A lot better than he did with the Cavs. And that's why he was our Western Conference High Flyer Player of the Week. And in the Eastern Conference for Week 1, the Player of the Week is, or was, let's say, because it's Week 3 now, Grant Williams. And so... Grant Williams really started the season, like the Celtics started the season great, and Grant Williams, his role expanded even further, and I've been a fan of Grant Williams, I don't think there's a lot of players like him, a lot of defensive minded players who are pretty good shooters, I know that Grant Williams is a good shooter, his, his shooting really improved from last last year, and that improved from the year before, so seeing these players who improve a little bit every season I'm huge fans of them and Grant Williams is one of these players and the Boston Celtics were doing great he was getting lots of minutes in the first week um, I had a couple other options but I decided that Grant Williams was the Eastern Conference player of the week now for week two the Western Conference player of the week is Trey Murphy the third now I've, I love Trey Murphy ever since he entered the NBA um, last season, I thought he was an offensive firepower. I felt he was underused by the Pelicans, as I talked about in my last podcast. Um, and really, he's getting a chance to shine this year. Um, a lot bigger role off the bench. Um, I'm excited to see more of him. He had a great second week of the NBA, averaging double-digit points. I think he dropped career highs in um, points. Um, field goal attempts, field goals made, um, three-point attempts, three-point made. He's just dropping all these career highs now, and I kind of see that as a, a signifier of this huge player that he's going to be in the future. I think he's going to play a huge role in like this new era of NBA. He's a young player too, so you got to keep that in mind. And the other player that I have for the Eastern Conference is Bull Bull. Now, when I said Bull Bull was going to have a good season, way before the season started, a whole bunch of people come, like said, no, okay, he's just trash. Well, he's not. He's amazing, and his blocks are crazy. He's had a much expanded role with the Magic. Um, I think Mosley likes Bull Bull a lot better than Mo Bamba, who they had last year, and... He's starting to use him a lot more, which I really like. And that's all I got to say about Bobo. He's a great player. Um, I see him improving even more this year. Week 2 was his best week. Um, when he was dropping double-doubles, getting, I think, 4 or 5 blocks in a game. And really, he's just... I can see him going into the most improved player um, talks this year. Seeing where he was last year and this year. A lot of improvement I see in Bobo with his fluidity. Um... And like, yeah, everything about Bobo is pretty much great besides his turnovers. But 
you know, that's those are the two players of the week um, for week two. And like I said before, I'm going to be updating the Instagram High Flyers Pod. Remember, follow that up. And you're going to see a list of the players. You get that facial image of them. It'll give you a chance to look them up, research them. Already so far in week one and two, there are a couple of players who I had on this list who are um, take their roles have been taken away. They don't really have like Chimetsi Meitu. I thought that he'd have a big role with the Sacramento Kings this year. Um, I was wrong. He's got a couple DNPs, do not plays. Uh, and some other players on my list don't look too great. Uh, but we have a lot of we have a lot of talent inside this class. I'll tell you that. So um, get ready next week for the Western Conference Player of the Week um, and the Eastern Conference Player of the Week for Week Three. But that's that's all I have for the High Flyers part of this podcast. Um, just a little update on the High Flyers. And so then now we're gonna be getting into the rookie rankings. So off to that. So let's start off with the first pick in the draft, Paolo Banchero. Now, in pro am preseason um, summer league games, Paolo has a solid showing so far. Um, I was actually wary of him as the first pick in the draft. I thought Jabari Smith might be the better choice, but really he's looking really strong um, physically and in play style. And speaking of strong, he does have a great frame, which is perfect for a power forward. I don't know how his sweat, I know he has that thing where he has excessive sweat. I don't know how that will play a part in how he does in the NBA. But I'm guessing that he has all the medical staff on the Magic all into that already. Um, so I, I think that Paolo's going to have a good season this year. Um, he's had a solid showing so far and I think that that's going to continue. The second pick is Chet Holmgren. I'm not going to say much on him after his Liz Frank injury on his right foot. Um, I just hope that he heals fast and he improves for next season. The third pick, Jabari Smith. I always thought that he was going to be the first pick in the draft. And so far he looks really good on offense and on defense. And I feel like he has the potential to be a leader um, to the players on the Rockets through his defensive abilities. And I feel like he... Like so far, his three-point shooting has been great. Um, he's he's a great three-point shooter, and I feel like the Rockets can experiment with him on the five, as the five. Sorry, um, like a small ball type of lineup. Now the only thing about Jabari Smith is I think that he might take a little bit more time than usual to adjust to the NBA pace of the game. So what that means is that he's he might have a couple of games where he's shooting quite poorly or can't really like a lot of turnovers and I see that happening for him but I see him really improving becoming a leader in the future the next player is Keegan Murray Keegan Murray is amazing um he's arguably my favorite rookie he he takes three level scoring to a whole new level he has excellent three-point accuracy I believe he was shooting above 40 percent from three during the preseason and summer league. He's a solid defender. The only issue is the Kings always find a way to screw stuff up. And I just hope they don't do it with Keegan Murray. He has so much potential. 
Um, I feel like he might be the most NBA-ready player in the draft. And he might actually be my pick for Rookie of the Year. Actually, no. I'm going to say Banchero, Keegan Murray, and Jaden Ivey. Those are my top three. And speaking of Jaden Ivey, he is number five on this list. So Jaden Ivey has lots of raw potential. Great dribbling, driving, aggressive defense. He's a great passer. He has a really high assist to turnover ratio. Um, so he gets a lot of assists without getting a lot of turnovers. And I'm really excited to see this Ivy Cade backcourt for the Detroit Pistons. The sixth pick in the draft was Bandic Matherin. Um, he looks ex- absolutely explosive off the dribble. Super underrated coming into the league. Not a lot of people are talking about that, him. They were all focused on Banchero. Um, his work ethic, I've heard, is insane. And I was watching him on Arizona. He's a Canadian, just like me. And therefore, I'm a huge fan of him. And I, I see his work ethic. I see the way he plays. And I'm a really big fan of him. And I'm hoping that, just like the Kings, Indiana doesn't screw up Bandic Matherin. Hopefully, they they kind of make him that center of their franchise. Because I think that he's that type of a player. Um, the seventh pick is Shadon Sharp. Now, his vertical is absolutely insane from what I saw. Um, He's my pick. I think he's going to be in the dunk contest this year. The only issue that I have is he's still young, so he will still need some time to grow, especially on the Portland Trailblazers, who have a pretty deep team. Number eight is Dyson Daniels. Um, From what I've seen, he's had good, solid defense. I think in a two-game span, he got eight steals and two blocks. Um... He's looking like a really good player. I like to see how he plays into the Pelicans lineup. The Pelicans lineup is also really deep, so I think that they won't start him on a lot of minutes and slowly put more and more minutes. Um, number nine is Jeremy Sochan, who's one of my favorite players in the draft. He's another really solid defender, and he brings a lot of hype to the Spurs, who, let's be honest, are kind of a sad team right now. The tenth pick is Johnny Davis. Now, this is the first pick where I'm kind of wary of, that I'm kind of wary of. I know that the Wizards really need a guard, um, and I know that you got to give these young guards time to adapt, as I talked about before, but there's just something about Johnny Davis, I don't know, I don't see the hype around him, um, and usually when there's no hype at all about a player, it's, I know it's kind of bad, but maybe they aren't very good, maybe it was a bad pick. And what I want right now is Johnny Davis to prove me wrong. But that's how I see it. Now, number 11 is Usman Dieng from the Thunder. And I really like Usman Dieng. He's a solid, solid player. He has a guard skill set at 6'10". And he, I think he has one of the highest ceilings um, in this draft class. Like he, I think that he can play a lot of center minutes in Chet's absence. Get a lot of that um, minutes. Get a lot of improvement with the Thunder who are, don't want to go anywhere. Um, and speaking of the Thunder, they also drafted Jalen Williams, not Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams, J-A-L-E-N Williams, and he has lots of potential too. I think he's another great pick for the Thunder. Um, he has double-digit, um, win after double-digit performance. He gets, he's getting these double-digit games, like he's scoring in 20s, he's getting double-doubles, he's getting rebounds, he's getting everything, and... 
I see a lot of potential in him. I think that he's going to be a great player. Number 13 is Jalen Duran. Duran is 18 years old, but has a veteran defensive IQ. He is a brilliant player, and I don't know how he fell so low in the draft, but I'm happy that he got onto the Pistons. Um, he's an amazing rebounder, great dunker, and he is the steal of the draft. Number 14 is Ochai Akbaji, who was drafted by the Cavs, but sent to the Jazz. He's a solid player, and I think he can end up being a key part of the Jazz. I do think that he still needs some more time. Um, I know that the Jazz barely played him in preseason games, so I don't know what's up with that, to be honest. Um, number 15 is Mark Williams with the Hornets. And I think that he was a great pick for the Hornets because they really need a solid center. And I think Mark Williams is that solid center. Um, what I've seen, he's a great interior defender. And I think that he'll work really well with LaMelo Ball. Number 16 is AJ Griffin. Um, I just caught a bit of him. To be honest, I'm not sure about the impact that he can make on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, because of how deep their whole team is. Um, but what I've seen in some of the minutes he's got, he's a pretty solid player. Now, number 17 is Tari Eason, who I felt is a great pick for the Houston Rockets. And he was a huge surprise from the summer league. And I can see him start, right, from what's been going on with him in the summer league in the preseason. And he's consistently putting up double-doubles with rebounds. And he's crazy good at offensive rebounds which is a great asset in the NBA for any team. Number 18 is Dalen Terry, who is, I call HH for humble and hustle. He's a humble player and he hustles so hard. And I think his personality on the Bulls is great. Um, and I just see him as a fan favorite. I see him becoming a fan favorite in the future. Dalen Terry, remember the name. Number 19 is Jake LaRavia for the Grizzlies. Um, to be honest, he's a three-point shooter, pretty good three-point shooter, and I feel like if he can consistently hit three-pointers, um, I see that he can find some time into the Grizzlies rotation, although the Grizzlies are deep. They're a very deep team. I feel like, I don't know, every team likes that type of player to hit a couple threes for them. Um, and LaRavia, if he's consistent, he can become that player, very similar to Max Struess, Duncan Robinson type of player. Even Grayson Allen. Number 20 is Malachi Brenham. Um, and he's drafted by the Spurs. He seems like a really solid player with a good personality. Number 21 is Christian Braun. Um, what I've seen is he played with a certain amount of grit on Kansas when I watched them last season. But the Nuggets are such a deep team that, if I'm being honest, I don't really see him having a huge role in the, within the Nuggets. Um, number 22 is Walker Kessler, and to be honest, I think he's starting for the, he's going to start for the Jazz, but he shouldn't be starting, but I think that he'll have a really good season, maybe overinflated stats because he's playing for such a bad team, but I think that he's going to put up some good um, block stats and rebound stats. Um, number 23 was David Roddy, who was drafted by the Grizzlies, and listen to this. He's a built three-point shooter. Sound familiar? Desmond Bain? I don't know. 
I don't know, but what I do know is I like what I've seen from him so far, and I hope that he also gets a little bit of a chance to to show up for the Memphis Grizzlies. Like they they have pretty good um they're they're pretty good at helping these young talents improve. So number twenty four is Marshawn Bochamp, who is a player who I really like to who I really like. If you have time, if you don't know, you should take time to read a story from homelessness um, and poverty all the way to the NBA. It's a really heartfelt journey. And he has a lot to prove, but also a lot to improve on. Um, I don't really see him breaking in this season. He's a 24th pick in the draft. We're getting kind of lower. We're seeing these players, and especially playing on the Bucks, a team that I think is a challenging team this season, um, a competitor. He will not get a lot of minutes on the Bucks. And the next player, number 25, is Blake Wesley. And he's also on the Spurs. He's a He has a great first step, what I've seen of him. But his defense is really, really bad. And I just hope he really fixed that up. And also his jump shot isn't the best. So in order to crack the lineup, I think that he needs to improve these two things. It's good that he's with the Spurs, who are going to tank this season. So he's bound to get a decent amount of minutes this season um, just to improve. And then number 26, we have Wendell Moore Jr. from the Timberwolves. And he has really good shooting. Um, I think that he will benefit more from time in the G League after the Timberwolves kind of stacked up their team. There's going to be less minutes for players like him. Um, but yeah, um I think that he'd do really well in the G League and help out in the future. The next player is Nikola Jovic. Not Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jovic from the Miami Heat. And he looks like a real promising player for the Heat. What I've seen of him, he looks good. Um, he gets in the paint really well, good rebounder. Um, I think that he was a really good pick with the 27th pick in the draft for the Miami Heat. And then we get to the 28th pick, Patrick Baldwin Jr., another really great pick. I don't think Patrick Baldwin, Baldwin does much except hit threes, um, but he hits threes, hits threes, you know? So I think that he can be a really solid player for the Golden State Warriors, um, coming off for like five minutes a game um, and hitting those threes, kind of taking the position of Damian Lee. Um, I know it doesn't sound too great, but... It matters. I think every player matters. They all make up the team. Um, number 29 I, is Ty Ty Washington Jr. I am a Kentucky fan, so I've been watching Ty Ty. Um, he's a tough, tough guard, but unfortunately, a lot of injuries. He's very injury prone. I believe he's injured right now. So let's hope that he really perseveres through those injuries. And finally, number 30 is Peyton Watson from the Nuggets. And what I've seen of him in the like the five minutes I watched him was he has pretty good defense. But on such a stacked Nuggets team, I'm not sure what to make of his performance as a whole. And we're back. I'm going to finish off this episode talking a little bit about NBA news. I have a couple points written down. Um, not the full points, you know, just a little bit of bullet points because, you know, I like my authenticity. That That's what makes high flyers high flyers. And the first thing I have written down just says fun teams. So 
Here I'm going to talk about my, I think is the funnest team to watch right now, and that is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Especially now that Darius Garland is back. Um, he missed a couple games start the season after he was injured 13 minutes into the first game after he got poked in the eye by Gary Trent Jr. But he's back, and him and Donovan Mitchell are going crazy. Um, they just beat the Cavs yesterday, I believe, on November 6th. And watch that game. It was a great game. Great second half comeback for the Cavs. Great second half collapse for the Lakers. And really, I just want to talk about the chemistry between Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell is really great. I can sense that Donovan Mitchell wants to play at the Cavs. Seems a lot more happier than the Jazz. Um, Darius is still heading, like taking the helm of the Cavs. He's the one still dealing with the ball, bringing the ball up. And they're both triple threat scores. They can score from anywhere on the court, Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, which just makes them so much more dangerous. And then you group that with um, their front court depth with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen, two elite defenders, if I must say. I think Evan Mobley has a potential to be one of the best defenders in the NBA in the future. Um, like he could be, how do I put this? He could be kind of the, he could be the face of defense in the NBA. Similar to how Rudy Gobert is now, I think Evan Mobley could take that over. He's in his second season and in his rookie season, he had one of the best defensive rookie seasons, in my opinion, in NBA history. And so I think with him and Jared Allen, who's an all-star last year, partially based off his brilliant defense, that backcourt with two triple threat players, both amazing, efficient players, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. And then you have this front court depth with Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And then you group that with a bunch of great shooters. You have Dean Wade, who's a great signing. He's been shooting the ball amazing this season. Um, we've got Kevin Love still on that team, putting up, I think, maybe 13, 14 points off the bench, putting up good stats. we got Karis LeVert on that team just for some extra depth like their team is has a lot of depth to it and that's what makes them so fun to watch um they're also a young team so they move a lot faster than a lot of teams that's what i saw a lot when i was watching the lakers the lakers have an older team and i think that's why like in the second half they got gassed they played good in the first half but in the second half just everything fell apart um it looked like westbrook was the only one really trying and even that like people are saying westbrook is like amazing off the bench six man of the year um all that kind of stuff but if i'm being honest westbrook put up seven turnovers in that game yesterday so i don't know this westbrook switching up narrative is getting kind of crazy for me but that's off topic what's on topic is how great the Cavs are and i would i would say watch one of these Cavs games watch them play it's fun doesn't matter if it's a regular season game um who are they playing today i have no idea but just check out a Cavs game in the future. You will not regret it. They're a fun team. Fun, young, fiery team. And I think that they can pose a real threat in the Eastern Conference this year. And remember, I said that, I said in my previous podcast, I put them over a bunch of those teams. I put them as the third or fourth seed. Actually, I said fourth seed in the Eastern Conference. So we'll see how that goes. The next thing is just about Paolo Banchero. And it's my apology to him. Um... I didn't think, I thought that he was like a lot of other players. I thought that there wasn't anything big about him. 
He's amazing. Paolo Banchero is amazing. I've been watching him. The way he gets to the rim, it looks like a seasoned veteran. Um, his passing is good. His rebounding is actually really good. Um, just he's getting a lot of shots, and he looks like the man for the Magic. He's their best player by far. Um, and well, when I said that he didn't deserve to be first overall pick, like I wasn't sure that he was. I never said he was bad. But just saying that, I have to apologize to Banchero. So, hopefully he gets better this season. Right now, he's number one for rookie, rookie of the Year. He's running away with it. And finally, let's have a little chat about Josh Primo. Why do these young talents keep on throwing away their careers, man? Like, what in you had to flash that woman? I was like... When I when I first when I first went across that article and you can I had friends with me when that happened I was like I messaged a whole bunch of people I was like no way like how would why would the Spurs wave him like this guy's young he was like a top 10 11 what was he 10 or 11 I don't care he was a top pick in the draft last year he, they, he just signed that 3.5 million dollar guaranteed contract three weeks before. Um, Everything was going right for him. Pop was saying that he was a huge part of the Spurs franchise moving forward. And then they cut him. I was like, oh, um, primo to the Raptors, primo to the Raptors, you know, come back to Canada. And then I see the post that they posted. And it was like, he has a lot of trauma, a lot of mental health issues. And I was like, yeah, I feel bad for him. Like, he should take his time. Um, it's a big thing with these athletes right now. Mental health, it's a huge topic. And... It's I have no problem with that. And then come the reports where he's flashing people and I'm like, no way. Like, trauma? You're the one causing trauma. Don't talk about the trauma you had, right? So all these young players like nowadays with their violence and now with like Primo doing this stuff, Miles Bridges, Book Knight falling asleep drunk like under the influence in his car with a gun and Doritos. Like, come on. The NBA's got to be a lot more logical, you know, or bad stuff is going to happen. That's all I got to say, you know. So, young players, take the game seriously. And that's that's all we can learn from the Primo situation. He's only 19 years old. Never would have expected this to happen, but stuff happens, you know. So, that's all I have for this episode today. Um, and it's going to be interesting because I'm actually going to release like a dual episode. So this is going to be kind of connected with an episode after this. Um, if I didn't get across, if I didn't have a lot of news inside this one, don't worry because the next one I'll be talking a lot more about NBA news, like what's happening. I'll cover more about the Brooklyn Nets and everything like that. But for this week, that's all I have for you. Thanks for tuning in. And this is High Flyers. My name is Kay and Angie and we'll see you soon.